Benjamin Shakespeare presents The Tempest, Act Two, by William Shakespeare. you, sir, be merry. Of course, so have we all of joy, for our escape is much beyond our loss. Our hint of woe is common. Every day some sailor's wife, the masters of some merchant and the merchant, have just our theme of woe. For the miracle, I mean our preservation, few in millions can speak like us. Then wisely, good sir, weigh our sorrow with our comfort. Privy peace. Uh, he receives comfort like cold porridge. The visitor will not give him or so. <laughs> Look, he's winding up the watch of his wit. By and by, it will strike. Sir. One. Tell. Dollar comes to him indeed. You have spoken truer than you purposed. <laughs> ah, you have taken it wiselier than I meant you should. Therefore, my Fie, lord. what a spendthrift is he of his tongue. I prithee spare. He will be talking. Which? Of here, Adrian, for a good wager, first begins to crow. The old cock. The cockerel. Done. The wager. A laughter. Ah, a match. And though this island seemed to be desert. <laughs> so you're paid. <laughs> uninhabitable and almost inaccessible. Yet. Yet. He could not miss. It must needs be a subtle, tender, and delicate temperance. Temperance was a delicate wench. Aye, and a subtle, <laughs> as he most learnedly delivered. The air breathes upon us here most sweetly. Eyes if it had lungs and rotten ones. Or as twere perfumed by a fen. Here is everything advantageous to life. True. Save means to live. Ah, <sighs> of that there's none or little. How lush and lusty the grass looks! How green! The ground indeed is tawny. With an eye of green in it. <laughs> he misses not much. No, <laughs> he doth but mistake the truth totally. The rarity of it is, which is indeed almost beyond credit. As many vouched rarities are. That our garments, being as they were drenched in the sea, hold notwithstanding their freshness and glosses being rather new dyed than stained with salt water. If but one of his pockets could speak, would it not say he lies? I or very falsely pocket up his report. He thinks our garments are now as fresh as when we put them on first in Africa, at the marriage of the king's fair daughter Clarabel to the king of Tunis. Twas a sweet marriage, <laughs> and we prosper well in our return. Tunis was never graced before with such a paragon to their queen. Not since widow Dido's time. Widow? A pox on that! How came that widow in? Widow Dido. What if he said widower ANS2? Good lord, how you take it! Widow Dido, said you? You made me study of that. She was of Carthage, not of Tunis. It is Tunis, sir, was Carthage. Carthage? I assure you, Carthage. His word is more than the miraculous heart. 
He hath raised the wall, and houses too. What impossible matter will he make easy next? Ah, I think he will carry this island home in his pocket and give it his son for an apple. And, sowing the kernels of it in the sea, bring forth more islands. <laughs> Aye. Why, in good time. So we were talking that our garments seem now as fresh as when we were at Tunis at the marriage of your daughter, who is now queen. And the rarest that e'er came there. Fate, I beseech you, Widow Dido. Oh, Widow Dido. Aye, Widow Dido. Is not uh, my doublet as fresh as the first day I wore it? I mean, in a sort. That sort was well fished for. When I wore it at your daughter's marriage. You cram these words into mine ears against the stomach of my sense. Would I had never married my daughter there. For coming thence my son is lost, and in my rate she too, who is so far from Italy removed, I ne'er again shall see her. Oh, thou mine heir of Naples and of Milan, what strange fish hath made his meal on thee? Sir, he may live. I saw him beat the surges under him and ride upon their backs. He trod the water whose enmity he flung aside, and breasted the surge most swollen that met him. His bold head above the contentious waves he kept, and oared himself with his good arms in lusty stroke to the shore that o'er his wave-worn bases bowed as stooping to relieve him. I not doubt he came alive to land. No, no, he's gone. Sir, you may thank yourself for this great loss. That would not bless our Europe with your daughter, but rather lose her to an African, where she at least is banished from your eye, who hath cause to wet the grief on it. Privy peace. You were kneeled to and importuned otherwise by all of us, and the fair soul herself weighed between loathness and obedience at which end of the beam should bow. We have lost your son, I fear, forever. Milan and Naples have more widows in them of this business-making than we bring men to comfort them. The fault's your own. So is the dearest of the loss. My lord Sebastian, the truth you speak doth lack some gentleness and time to speak it in. You rub the sore when you should bring the plaster. Very well. And most chirurgically. It is foul weather in us all, good sir, when you are cloudy. Foul weather? Very foul. Had I plantation of this isle, my lord? He'd sow it with nettle seed. Or docks or mallows. And were the king on't, what would I do? Scape being drunk for want of wine. In the commonwealth I would by contraries execute all things, for no kind of traffic would I admit, no name of magistrate, letters should not be known, riches, poverty, and use of service, none. Contract, succession, born, bound of lands, tithe, vineyard, none. No use of metal, corn, or wine, or oil. No occupation. All men idle, all. And women too. But innocent and pure. No sovereignty. Yet he would be king on it. The latter end of his commonwealth forgets the beginning. All things in common nature should produce, without sweat or endeavour. Treason, felony, sword, pike, knife, Gung or need of any engine would I not have. But nature should bring forth of its own kind all voice and all abundance to feed my innocent people. Hmm. No marrying among his subjects? None, ma'am. All idle. Whores and knaves. I would with such perfection govern, sir, to excel the golden age. Oh, God save his majesty. Long live Gonzalo. And 
Do you mock me, sir? Prithee, no more. Thou dost talk nothing to me. You do well believe, your highness. You did it to minister occasion to these gentlemen, who are of such sensible and nimble lungs that they always used to laugh at nothing. It was you we laughed at. In this kind of merry fooling, I'm nothing to you. That you may continue and laugh at nothing still. What a blow was there given. And it had not fallen flat long. You are gentlemen of brave metal. You would lift the moon out of her sphere if you would continue in it five weeks without changing. We would so. And then go a bat fowling. Nay, my good lord. Be not angry. No, I warrant you. I will not adventure my discretion so weakly. Oh, will you laugh me asleep? I am very heavy. Go sleep. And hear us. What? All so soon asleep? I wish mine eyes would with themselves shut up my thoughts. I find they're inclined to do so. Please you, sir, do not omit the heavy offer of it. It seldom visits sorrow. When it doth, it is a comforter. We too, my lord, will guard your person while you take your rest, and watch your safety. Thank you. <sighs> Wondrous heavy. What a strange drowsiness possesses them. It is the quality of the climate. Why doth it not our eyelids sink? I find not myself disposed to sleep. Nor I. My spirits are nimble. They fell together all as by consent. They dropped as by a thunderstroke. What might, worthy Sebastian? Oh, what might? No more. And yet methinks I see it in thy face, what thou shouldst be. The occasion speaks thee, and my strong imagination sees a crown dropping upon thy head. What art thou waking? Do you not hear me speak? I do, and surely it is a sleepy language, and thou speakest out of thy sleep. What is it thou didst say? This is a strange repose, to be asleep with eyes wide open. Standing, speaking, moving, and yet so fast asleep. Noble Sebastian, thou lettst thy fortune sleep. Die, rather. Winkst, whilst thou art waking. Thou dost snore distinctly. There's meaning in thy snores. I am more serious than my custom. You must be so, too, if heed me. Which to do trebles the oar. Well, I am standing water. I'll teach you how to flow. Do so. To ebb hereditary sloth instructs me. Oh, if you but knew how you the purpose cherish whilst thus you mock it, how in stripping it you more invest it. Ebbing men indeed, most often do so near the bottom run by their own fear or sloth. Prithee, say on. The setting of thine eye and cheek proclaim a matter from thee, and a birth indeed which throws thee much to yield. Thus, sir, although this lord of weak remembrance this, who shall be of as little memory when he is earthed, hath here almost persuade. For he's a spirit of persuasion, only professes to persuade. The king his son's alive. Tis as impossible that he's undrowned, and he that sleeps here swims. I have no hope that he's undrowned. Oh, out of that no hope, what great hope have you? No hope that way is another way so high a hope that even ambition cannot pierce a wink beyond. But doubt discovery there. Will you grant with me that Ferdinand is drowned? He's gone. Then, tell me, who's the next heir of Naples? Clarabelle. She that is Queen of Tunis. 
She that dwells ten leagues beyond man's life. She that from Naples can have no note unless the sun were post. The man in the moon's too slow, till newborn chins be rough and razorable. She that, from whom? We were all sea swallowed, though some cast again, and by that destiny to perform an act whereof what's past is prologue, what to come in yours and my discharge. What stuff is this? How say you? Tis true, my brother's daughter's queen of Tunis. So is she heir of Naples. Twixt which regions there is some space. A space whose every cubit seems to cry out. How shall that Clarabel measure us back to Naples? Keep in Tunis, and let Sebastian wake. Say this were death that now hath seized them. Why, they were no worse than now they are. There be that can rule Naples as well as he that sleeps. Lords that can prate as amply and unnecessarily as this Gonzalo. I myself could make a chow of as deep chat. Oh, that you bore the mind that I do. What a sleep were this for your advancement. Do you understand me? Methinks I do. And how does your content tender your own good fortune? I remember you did supplant your brother Prospero. True. And look how well my garments sit upon me, much feeder than before. My brother's servants were then my fellows. Now they are my men. But for your conscience? Aye, sir. Where lies that? If t'were a kibe, t'would put me to my slipper. But I feel not this deity in my bosom. Twenty consciences that stand twixt me and Milan, candied be they and melt ere they molest. Here lies your brother, no better than the earth he lies upon. If he were that which now he's like, that's dead. Whom I, with this obedience steel, three inches of it, can lay to bed forever, whilst you, doing thus, to the perpetual wink for I must put this ancient morsel, this Sir Prudence, who should not upbraid our course. For all the rest, they'll take suggestion as a cat laps milk. They'll tell the clock to any business that we say befits the hour. Thy case, dear friend, shall be my precedent. As thou gotst the land, I'll come by Naples. Draw thy sword, one stroke shall free thee from the tribute which thou payest, and I, the king, shall love thee. Draw it together, and when I rear my hand, do you the like, to fall it on Gonzalo. Oh, but one word. My master, through his art, foresees the danger that you, his friend, are in, and sends me forth. Or else his project dies to keep them living. While you hear your snowing lie, open eye conspiracy, his time doth take. If of life you keep a care, shake off slumber and beware awake, awake. Then let us both be sudden. Now, good angels, preserve the king. What? How now? Who? Awake! Why are you drawn? Wherefore this ghastly looking? What's the matter? Whilst we stood here securing your repose, even now we heard a hollow burst of bellowing, like bulls or rather lions. Did not wake you? It struck mine ear most terribly. I heard nothing. Oh, t'was a din to fright a monster's ear, to make an earthquake. Sure, it was the roar of a whole herd of lions. Heard you this, Gonzalo? Oh, my honor, sir. I heard a humming. And that a strange one, too, which did awake me. 
I shaked you, sir, and cried. As mine eyes opened, I saw their weapons drawn. There was a noise, that's verily. Tis best we stand upon our guard, or that we quit this place. Let's draw our weapons. Lead off this ground, and let's make further search for my poor son. Heavens keep him from these beasts, for he is sure of the island. Lead away. Prospero, my lord, shall know what I have done. So, king, go simply out to seek thy son. that the sun sucks up from Bob's thin flats on Prospero fall and make him by inchmeal a disease. His spirits hear me, and yet I needs must curse. But they'll nor pinch, fright me with urchin shows, pitch me into mire, nor lead me like a firebrand in the dark out of my way unless he bid them. But for every trifle are they set upon me, sometime like apes that moo and chatter at me and after bite me, then like hedgehogs would fly tumbling in my barefoot way, and mount their pricks at my football. Sometime am I all wound with adders, who with cloven tongues do hiss me into madness. Lo, now lo, here comes a spirit of his, and a torment me for bringing wood in slowly. I'll fall flat, perchance he will not mind me. Here's neither bush nor shrub to bear off any weather at all, and another storm brewing. I hear it sing of the wind. Yon same black cloud, yon huge one, looks like a foul bombard that would shed his liquor. If it should thunder as it did before, I know not where to hide my head. Yon same cloud cannot choose but fall by pailfuls. What have we here? A man or a fish? Dead or alive? A fish. He smells like a fish. A very ancient and fish-like smell. A kind of knot of the newest poor John. A strange fish. Were I in England now as once I was, and had but this fish painted, not a holiday fool there but would give a piece of silver. There would this monster make a man. Any strange beast there makes a man. When they will not give a doit to relieve a lame beggar, they will lazy out ten to see a dead Indian. Like it like a man, his fins like arms. Warm o' oh my troth, I do now let loose my opinion. Hold it no longer. This is no fish, but an Islander that hath lately suffered by a thunderbolt. Alas, the storm is come again. My best way is to creep under his gabardine. There is no other shelter hereabouts. Misery acquaints a man with strange bedfellows. I will here shroud till the dregs of the storm be past. I shall no more to see to see. Here shall I die ashore. This is a very scurvy tune to sing at a man's funeral. 
Well, here's my comfort. A master, the suave, the bosun, and I, the gunner and his mate. Love Maul, Meg, and Marion, and Marjorie. But none of us cared for Kate. For she had a tongue with a tang. Would cry to a sailor, go hang. She loved not the savor of tar nor of pitch. Yet a tailor might scratch her where she did itch. And the sea boys and let her go hang. Uh, this is a scurvy tune, too. But here's my comfort. Do not torment me. Oh! What's the matter? Have we devils here? Do you put tricks upon with savages and men of Indaha? I've not escaped drowning to be feared now of your four legs. For it hath been said, as proper a man as ever went on four legs cannot make him give a ground, and it shall be said so again. While Stefano breathes at nostrils. The spirit torments me. Oh, this is some monster of the isle with four legs. The god is, I take it, an ague. Where the devil should he learn our language? I'll give him some relief, if it be but for that. If I can recover him and keep him tame, and get to Naples with him? He's a present for any emperor that ever trod on its leather. Do not torment me, pretty. I'll bring my wood on faster. He's in his fit now, and does not talk after the wisest. He shall taste of my bottle. If he have never drunk wine before, it will go near to remove his if I can recover him and keep him tame, I will not take too much for him. He shall pay for him that had him. And that is soundly. Thou dost me yet with little hurt. Thou wilt anon. I know it by thy trembling. Now Prosper works upon thee. Come on your ways. Open your mouth. Here's that which will give language to you, cat. Open your mouth! This will shake you shaking. I can tell you, and that soundly. You can't tell who's your friend. Open your chaps again. I should know that voice. It should be... But he is drowned, and these are devils. Oh, defend me. Four legs and two voices? A most delicate monster. His forward voice is now to speak well of his friend. His backward voice is to utter foul speeches and to detract. If all the wine in my bottle will recover him, I will help his ague. Come, I'm in. I will pour some in thy other mouth. Stefano! Doth thy other mouth call me? Mercy, mercy! This is a devil and no monster. I will leave him. I have no long spoon. Stefano, if thou be a Stefano, touch me and speak to me. 
for I am Trinculo. Be not afeard, thy good friend Trinculo. If thou beest Trinculo, come forth. I'll pull thee by the lesser legs. If any be Trinculo's legs, these are they. Thou art very Trinculo indeed. How camest thou to be the siege of this moon calf? Can he vent Trinculo's? I took him to be killed with a thunderstroke. But art thou not drowned, Stefano? I hope now thou art not drowned. Is the storm overblown? I hid me under the dead moon calf's gabardine for fear of the storm. And art thou living, Stefano? Oh, Stefano, two Neapolitans escaped! Prithee, do not turn me about. My stomach is not constant. These be fine things, and if they be not sprites, that's the brave god and their celestial liquor. I will kneel to him. How didst thou escape? How camest thou hither? Swear by this bottle how thou camest hither. I escaped upon a butt of a sack which the sailors heaved overboard. By this bottle, which I made of the bark of a tree with my own hands, since I was cast ashore. I'll swear upon that bottle to be thy true subject, for the liquor is not earthly. Here. Swear then how thou escapest. Swam ashore, man, like a duck. I can swim like a duck. I'll be sworn. <laughs> yep. Just the book. Though thou canst swim like a duck, thou art made like a goose. Oh, Stefano, hast any more of this? The whole butt, man. My cellar is in a rock by the seaside where my wine is hid. Now, now, Mooncalf, how does thine egg you? Hast thou not dropped from heaven? Out of the moon, I do assure thee. I was the man in the moon when time was. I have seen thee in her, and I do adore thee. My mistress showed me thee, and thy dog, and thy bush. Come swear to that. Kiss the book. I will furnish it and all with new contents. Swear. Hi, this could light. This is a very shallow monster. I feared of him. A very weak monster. The man is the moon. A most poor credulous monster. Well drawn, monster, in good sooth. I'll show thee every fertile inch of the island. Then I will kiss thy foot. I prithee, be my god. By this light, a most perfidious and drunken monster. When God's asleep, he'll rob his bottle. <laughs> I'll kiss thy foot. I'll swear myself as subject. Come on, then. Down. And swear. <laughs> I shall laugh myself to death at this puppy-headed monster. A most scurvy monster. <laughs> I could find in my heart to beat him. Come, kiss. But that poor monster's in drink. An abominable monster. <laughs> I'll show thee the best things. I'll pluck thee berries. I'll fish for thee and get thee wood enough. 
A plague upon the tyrant that I serve. I'll bear him no more sticks, but follow thee, thou wondrous man. <laughs> Most ridiculous monster. To make a wonder of a poor drunkard. I prithee, let me bring thee where crabs grow. And I, with my long nails, will dig thee pig nuts. Show thee a jay's nest, and instruct thee how to snare the nimble marmoset. I'll bring thee to clustering filberts, and sometimes I'll get the young scammels from the rock. Wilt thou go with me? I prithee now, lead the way without any more talking. Trinculo, the king and all our company else being drowned, we will inherit here. Here, bear my bottle, fellow Trinculo. We'll fill him by and by again. Farewell, master. Farewell, farewell. farewell a howling master. master. Farewell, a drunken master. Farewell, master. Farewell, farewell. No more dams of it for fish, nor fetch and firing at requiring, nor scrape trencher, nor wash. Ban, ban, Caliban, how's a new master, get a new man, freedom, hey day, hey day, freedom, freedom, hey day, freedom. Oh brave monster, lead the way. The Tempest Act 2 by William Shakespeare. You heard the voices of Perry Whittle as King Alonso, Philip Weber as Sebastian, Tim Kelby as Gonzalo, David Alexander MacDonald as Adrian, Michael Liebman as Antonio, Abel Sadowski as Ariel, John Johnson as Francisco, Daniel Munson as Trinculo, Chris Pyle as Caliban, and Jerry Crawford as Stefano. Original music and direction by David Alexander MacDonald. Executive producer for Pendant Audio, Jeffrey Bridges. Thank you very much for listening. information visit pendingaudio.com thanks for listening